Welcome to the Faith-Based Business Podcast with your host, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. On this podcast, we interview fellow entrepreneurs who are willing to share their stories, their trials, and their triumphs in business, all in an effort to help you avoid the same obstacles and to achieve success faster. But at all times, continue to rely on our faith to see us through to victory. Now with today's guest, here is your host, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere, Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Faith-Based Business Podcast. We are so blessed that you are joining us today. If you're starting your own business or you're an entrepreneur and, and you're looking for a tremendous jump in success, our next guest is the person you need to talk to. Praise God. With over 28 years of experience helping people and organizations make complex projects successful, Tom Chapel helps you become innovative and in solving problems. With a human-centered design process, Thomas helps you understand the situation, looking at it from your customers' needs and services instead of your own. You'll recognize the challenges that are impacting your operations, learn new strategies, be able to design solutions that people want, and you'll have higher engagement from employees to partners and how a significant ROI on your projects can happen at the same time. From the Breakthrough Strategies Group in Stafford, Virginia, with a faith-based approach to business success, help me welcome to the program my good friend and Army veteran, Thomas Chapel. Thomas, finally great to have you on the program, brother. Hey, Bob. Thank you for having me in that. And Wow. What an introduction. I, I wonder who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> well, other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Thomas Chapel? Thomas Chapel is a servant. And I'm a servant of God. And uh, God has allowed me to to know my purpose in life since I was 15 years old. Amen. And he's been preparing me all along the way, giving me all the, all of this, this huge journey to follow to where today I now sit in front of executives, uh, probably people whose shoes I probably could never wear, uh, with the level of responsibilities, but sit there and pray with them. And, uh, you know, not just in a coaching manner, not just in an advisory manner, but uh, uh, I guess uh, I guess one of the executives, they call me their Jesuit. Uh, and I asked them what that meant. And they said, well, they said in the days of Kings, uh, they had Jesuits that would come and act as their advisors. And they said, that's what you're kind of recognized in the community, which is a very good thing to, to, you know, uh, and I was definitely humbled by uh, knowing that. But I've often been asked to him, you know, what is my process? How do you get to into this mode? And I said, well, I said, it starts with prayer. I said, uh, I said, I never know your answers whenever you, whenever you first come to me. I said, uh, I said, but I've, remained in tune with with God in this and the whole time that they're discussing with me on things I'm active listening but I'm also praying inside that God gives me the words and God gives me the ability to to do 
to do these tasks. And you know what? God has never once, not even one time, ever left me hanging. Amen. 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 So, so when people ask who who I am, I'm that I'm that caulking in the windowsill. I'm not the person to look at, you know. Uh, Jesus is the person to look at. But I've kind of become a voice. He uses my voice to get his message out. And it's it's not just about, you know, uh, it's not just always for leaders. Sometimes it's managers. Sometimes it's project managers. Sometimes it's people in the front lines, you know. Uh, and I think where, where this all kind of got started was really from the time that I was 12 years old, I spent time just reading the Bible and, you know, there wasn't a lot of choices whenever I was growing up, everybody read the King James version of the Bible. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so, Amen. so I, I learned to speak King James, <laughs> uh, uh, but Elizabethan uh, English. <laughs> but but I will I will tell you that um, I had the uh, the minister because we were a Mennonite family, so you know we had our our minister there tell me he's like spend your time reading Psalms and Proverbs, and I did that all the way up until I went into the military, and then I did it double more because I was it was my first time in the world. You know, as Mennonites, you're kind of isolated more. So getting into the world was, you know, going into the military was was forbidden in, in the Mennonite culture unless you were getting into medical. But here I was going into the military to do whatever. I didn't care. I just wanted an adventure. And oh boy, it was my first experience at the world. Uh, but the funny part was at 15, God told me, you're going to go to war, but don't worry. I'm going to take you through it. He didn't say he's going to keep me out of it. Is He said he was going to walk me through it. That's what Psalms 23 says. And, yeah. and I did. I did. I went through Desert Storm. I got hurt. I got sent back to the States. And then on the on the way back to the uh, flying back, because I got fixed, I got my surgery, got done, healed up, started flying back. And what was so funny was uh, in the military, my unit was said that, oh, well, he died. Hmm. He died on the way back. And, you know, so my stuff got dispersed amongst the, wow. the unit and I didn't have anything. Well, let me tell you how good. God is. Before I was had left and all, we were working on feeding a lot of the a, a lot of the uh, folks that were there because there was a lot of people really hungry and so. And I was helping uh, helping uh, some of the ministers set up the tents and get all of that stuff done. Just just volunteering my time, and. There would be all kinds of preaching going on. Even whenever the even whenever the ministers weren't there, there were people that were fellow enlisted people that were ordained ministers, and they would preach there. So I love that, and I love that part of that life. Well, on my way back into there, 
I, you know, I was like, Lord, I, I'd love to get back into that. That that was great. And I didn't know what I was getting into. I'm going to tell you something. The plane I was in, they said that they had not experienced this before, but they had a headwind so strong that it literally made them 45 minutes late. Hmm. And the, you know, those big C5 galaxy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. class. Well, when we finally landed, we landed uh, 45 minutes late on the tarmac, and I saw smoke in the distance. Had we been on time, the building that that Scud missile fell into, which was Marine Barracks, I was supposed to spend the night there. And instead, God saw that my journey was three days drive in the back of a truck, sleeping in, in trucks and, and getting lost and getting found and, you know, having some of the nomad folks help me uh, get all the way back to my unit, which was the third armor cab. And I tripped across a, uh, one of the tie, tie down ropes for a tent because I couldn't see it in the dark. Yeah. Uh, and I, whenever I fell into it, I fell into uh, one of my old lieutenants that I served with. <laughs> so once he got over the shock that I was actually alive, uh, he asked me how I got here and I told him, and, and here's the funny thing. Those, those, those nomads were nowhere to be found. Mm. Amen. But I got delivered safely. Yeah. yeah and, that's right. you know, uh, everybody talks to me. They said, well, you spent three days out there. How did you do it? And I was like, well, I said, I had this carton of cigarettes. And I said, this is what I bartered with the beginning. And I said, then I just started praying my way. And I said, God, I'm hungry. And then a few miles later, there would be an MRE that was dropped that had some food. God, I'm thirsty. Mm -hmm. I would find a five-gallon water jug that fell off the back of something. You know, God supplied. Amen. Amen. So, and that's really, you know, what kind of leads me to to help leadership today is that leaders spend so much time in the area of trying to use data to solve problems, instincts to solve problems, past experiences to solve problems. But there's, we often miss the most basic premise, the foundational premise of any kind of decision making. What does God have to say about it? Prayer. Yep. Amen. And Amen. I'm amazed at the number of leaders that say, oh, I never thought about that. You know, being a cab guy, we are one of the sayings I used to use all the time is we are never lost. We are just checking out all the axial and lateral routes <laughs> so, <laughs> to the objective. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, oh, we go somewhere. It's just like, it's like oh. I'm supposed to turn back there. She goes, Are you lost? She goes, no, we're not lost. We're just checking out all the different routes to the objective. And I was That's like, right. <laughs> never That's lost. Right. Maybe bewildered a few times, but never lost. That's right. Amen. And, 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 you know, I guess you could say that about uh, about some of the some of the biblical characters there. That's right. Amen. Two week John Amen. turned into forty years. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He was just checking out all the different routes to the promised land. Yeah. <laughs> First uh, calf trooper, Moses. <laughs> that's right. He was the first. Amen. Amen. You know, you work in the area of helping leaders, 
helping them lead leaders lead, you know, and making better decisions. And, you know, when I was in the army, we learned the decision-making process and there's, and you mentioned this because there's nothing wrong with gathering information before Mm -hmm. making a decision. But what I see today is basically decision-making paralysis. There's just Mm -hmm. too much information, you know, And, and is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that is part of the, uh, Part of the sin of knowledge mm-hmm. is that we get, we have too much information in this world and not enough wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what do I mean by that? We essentially have so much data, right? And and all information is built up from a data standpoint. Then you have information, right? And from information, we're supposed to gather knowledge. And then from knowledge, we apply ourselves, you know, our own experiences and beliefs, cultural uh, fits and and things of that nature into it. And that becomes our wisdom. Now, the problem with this is, is that when you leave out the God factor, you know, out of this is that you end up trying to drink the ocean. Mm -hmm. And instead of, you know, you think it was that hard for God to part the Red Sea? <laughs> you know, instead we try to drink the Red Sea. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's too much for us to intake. And that's, so that's so the difference, comes- though, between knowledge and wisdom. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I learned best the old-fashioned way you know, by making mistakes mm-hmm. and telling myself I ain't doing that no more. You know, and that develops wisdom real fast, right? But, right. You know, but when you combine knowledge, which is what you're talking about, you know, what you learned and, and, you know, when this happens, this is the appropriate response and things like that. Gathering the facts and then using that knowledge combined with wisdom is what you're talking about, right? Yes. um, Yes. But, but there is a factor to this. The challenge with this is Bob, you can share with me your wisdom. Mm -hmm. The challenge is that it's not my wisdom. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is your wisdom came through everything that you gained, your experiences, all the learnings that you did to get that knowledge, right? Unfortunately, human beings tend to short circuit that wisdom into just knowledge. And knowledge is actionable at the fundamental level, but I have to like grind on it, your wisdom that becomes my knowledge to make it mine. So it's the adaptive process. And I think where where the God factor comes into play is it he's able to take that and show us here's what's important in this. And, and, you know, uh, that comes down to, to two things. What, what is the fundamental things that there's, there's really two fundamental things that Christians have to do. That's kind of a mandate, right? And that first one is, uh, as a Christian, who do we surrender to? Right. All right. So we have a responsibility to surrender to God. And that means out of that surrender, God gives us our purpose. 
right? If we don't surrender, we will never know what God's purpose was for That's us. Right. That's right. right. And then people ask me, well, Tom, how do I know what the purpose is? And I said, well, the basis of it is, is prayer to gain understanding. And then I said, second layer, look at the skills. Look at the things that God has asked you. I was always curious as to how people made dis- made decisions. I was given a stepdad that he mandated us to play f- for two hours every day chess, period, in the statement, you know, you had to learn to play chess. So you learned about strategy. You learned about this. You learned about broader things, thinking several moves ahead, all of this stuff, right? Amen. Yep. Amen. And what I realized was we're just doing a smaller version of what God already knows and sees. There's millions of moves that gods are making, and we barely, we struggle with two or three. (laughs) Exactly. Some of the better of us can get five, right? Yeah. You know? That's why I've used that analogy before, you know, when someone asked me, like, is is this the end times? Is this Jesus about to return? I said, look, man wants to play checkers. You know, like, boom, 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 there. God is playing chess while we're playing checkers. He's already way ahead on, okay, we need to move this way and this way. And then you can do your little checker game while I maneuver the pawns around on the other side. Mm -hmm. God is playing a master chess game right now, getting everything in position for the second coming. But we're not there yet. But, right. And, and how do you know when the chess game is going to be about done? Because suddenly everything starts disappearing from, you know, if, if you're playing a master opponent, you might think, okay, I got him, I got him. And then all of a sudden your pawns and your knights and your, they're one by one, they're falling until his whole board's there and you're left with your king and maybe a pawn protecting it. <laughs> and that's what that's God's so doing true. Right now. He's, he's maneuvering. Everything in position for this big takedown. So true. So true. And, you know, I, I, uh, now that I'm older, I'm able to kind of look back and I was like, God, why did, why was this, you know, why was playing music so important and and early in my life? Why was playing chess? Why did they, you know, have us play, uh, even card games? We played card games to like learn how to how to keep a mass of numbers in in, in our mind and all. And, and then I said, and Lord, why was why was picking okra? So, you know, and it all kind of came down to me. I can look back at it now and I was like, hey, look, I needed to learn how to be disciplined. Stick to a task. I don't know if you've picked a lot of okra in your life, but if you no. get into a large batch of okra, those leaves are rough. It's about like picking corn death by a thousand cuts you know uh kind of situation. <laughs> and, it, and it makes you itchy in the process yep. right and you know but the sun would be beaten down everything like that and i was like i was like lord why am i going through this and i and and all and i was like you know what now i can look back and say oh that's because today's times the pressure is different the pressure is different for leaders too and many leaders need that experience that I gained from running a farm and a ranch, running a construction firm, what it was like to be put under pressure, under the microscope, under deadlines that were very severe. There was huge penalties if you didn't make it. And oh, by the way, learning about strategy from playing chess and 
playing other games that were strategy built games. Uh, all of those things came down the line to kind of like now build this up. They kind of put me in position today. And I will tell you, I don't think if I'd have been through that, I don't think I could be doing what I do today. Oh, yeah. And I, I tie my time back to the military, you know. I mean, started off as private E1, worked my way up, and drill instructor and all that stuff, and and then became went to OCS, was an officer, so I got to see that side of things, and and all of that is the foundation for what I'm doing today. You know the you know the the strategies, the you know the line by line, precept upon precept of Bible study. You know the the whole thing is, and, and sometimes you know I'll I. I miss, I truly, a hundred percent miss my military time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I that was my heart and soul, you know. And <laughs> and that was, you know, but in 1989, when I got rifted, to me, my life was now without meaning. Yeah, because this was a, 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 I can relate. I've watched George Patton. Uh, yeah, George C. Scott is Patton. Mm -hmm. uh, I watched that movie probably a dozen times over the years, right? And I can relate. Matter of fact, that was my nickname. That's what I didn't pick it. That's what <laughs> my fellow drill sergeants called me was Patton, you know. <laughs> but, uh, because I can relate to you know he would sit there and and look at you know the battlefields and stuff and and just say this is what I meant to do you know, type thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt when I was in the military. This is my destiny. This is what I meant to do. And when I got out in 1989, my life, as far as I was concerned, was over. You know, I have no purpose now, you know, and I've wandered for several years, about 10 years. And, uh, and then became a cop and you know, all that and got injured and had to retire. And, and then here I am today and one day when I was praying, the Lord showed me that all the skills I learned through all of those experiences is now at work doing what we're doing right now. Un you know, when we're under pressure and we're doing all this stuff, I'm just, you know, putting it all together, making it work best we can, you know, accomplish yep. the mission. That's the goal. Accomplish the mission. And he showed me if I would have left you in, you know, if I'd have been promoted to captain, I would have been that that task force that did that end run going around the back of Iraq, right? Our unit was attached to that task force, mm. you know. So I would have been probably a troop commander going through all that. But would I have been killed? Would I have been maimed? Yeah. And and God showed me, he said, if I would have left you in, you would not be doing what you're doing today. Yeah. And he's absolutely 100% right. Yeah. I would not be sitting here talking to you today. I, I might be dead. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I probably wouldn't be married right now. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, that's yeah. the, the whole thing. God knows the end from the beginning. We got to trust him with that process. You know? Amen. And, and that's why, you know, you you have a term, wisdom is hard to earn, but easily dismissed. Explain mm -hmm. what you mean by that. So it's dismissed. 
um, because, and it falls back to some of that adoption process. Uh, we as human beings have a really hard time. Uh, at, let, let me give a different example. Have you read a really good book that you just took information out of? Uh, yeah, right exactly. So. The good book, you know, <laughs> a really good, uh, that, book. that's a, that's a great book, you know, uh, but, but another book. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but any other book or, or that book, even how many times have you seen people read Proverbs and just like, Oh, wow. That's, that's really great knowledge. And then how did they apply it? Yeah. It's the application process. And, uh, that application process if we're not careful that can totally distort the wisdom that we were given yeah and then it becomes either you know useless to us because we dismiss it or it becomes a situation of where we only get part of the nugget and then uh uh as john maxwell would say you end up going and repeating the process over and over until you get the whole message exactly yeah. You know, and and so that's why I think God has put me here is that uh, for those leaders that I work with, I'm helping shorten that 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 decision format for them so that they can kind of get to that nugget without repeating it 50 times over. Amen. 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 So what about this lack of foundation in the true rather than the truth that you talk about? What does that mean? I'm sorry, say that again. It was a little quiet. The lack of foundation in the true rather than the truth. Oh, yes. So this is kind of reminiscent of society, the self-truth. And it's it's something that uh, I totally dislike. <laughs> uh and, and I and I think that if we take it at its at its most granular level, I think you would see that that we replace our truth for God's truth. Because what do we hear all the time? Live your truth. Well, if why not, why are we not saying live God's truth? Reality is, is that we're all rebellious as a people. Humans have that, you know, whenever we talk about original sin, you know, inside that original sin is that pride. Why did we, why did, why did Adam and Eve partake what they partook in? Because they wanted, they believed in that become like God. So pride, and then we lied, and then we, you know, it was the woman gave, that woman you gave me, God. I'm blaming everyone else, you know, so I can live my truth. Blaming God for the problem. Blaming God for the problem. But we do that with people as well. Rather than accepting the truth, the God-given truth. He gave us the, the greatest handbook in life. But many people will not part the pages for themselves. And you and I discussed, we, we love listening to the ministers on YouTube and and other media points. But we as Christians have an obligation to get into that word. And, you know, even Paul speaks on that. To get into that word and 
and and really dig it out to understand, not to buy into what I want to believe in, but to buy into what God said you need to believe. Yeah. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. You know, when I was first, when I first went to Bible school, my first year, I was born again six years at that time. And I was reading the Bible through at least twice a year, usually three times a year, just from the way I had my Bible reading time set up and called into ministry three years prior to going to Bible school. So now I'm really studying it out, you know, cause I have to give sermons and you know, all this stuff. So to me, okay, I'm going to go to Bible school. Yeah. I'll learn a little bit more, but I just need the formal education so that you know i can say i'm credentialed now type thing mm-hmm. and i was in at jerry savelle's bible school in crowley texas and i can't i remember i came home it was like two weeks into this bible school i came home and told my wife i didn't realize how much i didn't know, <laughs> you know just in two weeks because every day was an adventure you know? <laughs> you know and i and i think that there is a piece for that you know there is that there is a place for when we read ourselves uh we've talked about this and we talked about bible studies and things there is this there is this great format that we have that whenever people of the faith share, sit down and share together Mm-hmm. We come to to realizations that we would not have come to otherwise, or yeah. would have been further down the road. Yeah, you know. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, and and, and 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 to this day, you know, I'll be reading the Bible, and I'll come across a verse. I say, "Ooh, I ain't seen that before." I've been reading this Bible since 1992 on a <laughs> daily basis. And I'm like, "Ooh, I ain't seen that before," and I'm starting taking notes. I say. Guess what we're preaching on this week? <laughs> yep. yep, yep. I mean, because yep. the Bible is alive; it's the Word of God. It is life to those who what find it. Find it. You know? That's right. And you can't find it. Uh, you may find it by accident, but that's like winning the lottery. It was yeah. an accident. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, but if you don't know what to do with it, whenever you find it, mm-hmm. yeah, then you're going to live by your truth. Amen. So, well, in your businesses, you're helping these businesses accomplish their mission with, let's just say, a godly focus. What was one of the biggest aha moments that you've ever experienced? I think it was uh, with a current client that I've been working with. And, uh, they were very quiet about my the, the way that I operated. Uh, they they really was a little afraid uh, because I was brought in through their uh, uh, boss into this work, and they didn't really know where I stood. Uh, but I started working with them and serving them, and they would get into meetings and they would kind of hear me say, you know, uh, they, they would ask me, hey, you can do this kind of analysis, right? And I would say, you know what? I've never done that kind of analysis. But I know the person to go to for that analysis. And they asked me one day, so who's this person you're going to? And I was like, 
God, God tells me. I said, I start off everything with prayer. And I said, I take your issues and I go before God. And I was like, hey, God, this is what they're having an issue with. This is what they tell me. This is what I need to accomplish. Lord, give me, you know, use use my hands and mind and give me your wisdom showing through this. And then whenever I turn it in, they tell me, oh, Tom, you did such a great job. And I was like, no, God did the great job. I just sat there and put down what he told me to do. And they quit. They they gotten quite comfortable. But recently, a new leadership person came in and they came in and they said, "Uh, I heard about you. And they they said, you're this faith guy that kind of does work by faith. And I was like, and it's like, yeah, I'm very positive about, about life too. And I, and, and I see how positivity gets you around. And I was like, no, I was like, I was like, it has nothing about being positive in myself and, and using the secret to manifest an answer. I was like, it has everything to do with going to the source, the creator of all knowledge and, and wisdom. And I said, I said, I can't even hold the thimble <laughs> worth of his knowledge and wisdom if he was to, to pour it into my body. You know, so I said, I said, there's no positivity in it, except that I know it's not me and that it's all him. Amen. Amen. And that that's kind of created a uh, a noticeable difference that that leadership has said that uh a real huge positive impact has occurred because now they're seeing more productivity coming through their, through their uh, organization and people have quit busting and fighting uh, so much because they don't have this need to like point fingers because you know, and, and I contribute all of that to the, the God effect, you know, Christ is coming in. It says he is the word. So Christ is coming in and giving the knowledge of the day. And that's what I'm here. I'm just the conduit that it happens to be coming through. But and and they're gaining peace. They're gaining prosperity by learning how to manage their money and an 8% decline in your in your in your uh revenues coming in. Uh, you know, all of this kind of stuff happening. And yet, these people are more peaceful now. They're 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 they're, uh, they're learning how to adapt. Amen. And there's all this infighting that was going on has stopped. Yep, yep. If we remove the the strife, positivity flows. That's right. So, like That's right. That guy was looking for positivity. Well, can't get any more positive than being in the right camp with God. That's right. That's right. It's the true positivity. It's it's Amen. not the secret of manifesting your your, your future. That's, That's right. That. You don't have to stand up every morning and say a hundred times in the mirror, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can. No, you just gotta get up one time and say, God, you can do this. Just use me. That's right. That's, That's right. It. Amen. Tom, this is also interesting. If someone wanted to learn more, ask a question or get in touch with you, how can they do that? How can someone get more information? Yeah, so well, they can contact me, and I'll give uh, I'll give you a, an email address coming through. Uh, they can also go out to my website at breakthroughstrategiesgroup.com. Contact me there as well. There's an administrative uh, page there that they can uh, contact me through. Uh, I also have a YouTube page and a LinkedIn page uh, that I will provide you to put into the show notes. Okay. Uh, 
but uh yeah i am i'm thrilled that you brought me on here today so man we've been trying to do this for a while we finally yeah take place amen (laughs) folks i've known tom for several years now i mean and being a former soldier I know his decision-making ability is top-notch, and he's more than able to pass that knowledge on to you. Amen? That's one thing I love about the military. The decision-making process is taught from day one basic training, mm-hmm. and it never quits over your entire career. And that's why yeah. so many leaders from the military are in business today, because that right. decision-making process is ingrained in them. You know, put Tom's knowledge and skills to work in your organization. Bring him in. Take a look and identify things that can be improved. You know, for most of us, it takes an outsider coming in and looking around, asking questions, and then providing you the feedback to show you things that you just took for normal, but when fixed, it could make a huge difference in your bottom line. It's it's that old, but that's the way we've always done it mentality that's holding you back. You know, break out of that mentality right now. Drop down the show notes, reach out to Tom Chapel and begin to make these improvements that will propel you forward into this next year and profitability and growth that you desire. Amen. Drop down the show notes, click the links right there, and get in touch with Tom Chapel today. Tom, thank you again for coming on the program today, buddy, and, and sharing all about your business and how you're able to help these folks. And I, I've been wanting to get you on here for a while now, and I'm glad we we're finally able to manage it. I appreciate it. And to all the listeners out there, hey, conversation is free. And, and and we can we can build that roadmap for you to kind of get to a better decision state. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Tom Chapel myself, it's Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to the Faith-Based Business Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. We appreciate you as a listener and fellow believer and want to encourage you in your entrepreneurial efforts. These programs are designed to provide you with information that you can use in your business to achieve success faster and avoid the obstacles that try to impede your success. All information on this podcast is for entertainment and information use only. Some of the products and services listed in the links may contain affiliate links and Pastor Bob will earn a small commission when you click those links at no additional cost to you. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode is published. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.